0: Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. todos. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit habitat.org to donate today. And now... From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. Top of the morning, it's April 3rd, and we're basking in the aftermath of the great escape by North Carolina as they got out of the uh, national semifinal with a 77-76 straight Houdini W over Gonzaga.
1: Yep. Still a W though. Yeah. Uh, if you look up Survive in Advance, Google that, Wikipedia, there should be a Carolina picture there somewhere of the NC logo or Ramsey's or something after this weekend or after this whole run.
0: Well, this whole run's been something else and, and two great national semifinals. South Carolina, the Cinderella story kind of comes to an end. Um, Frank Miller and his guys. You know, I thought before the game, I spent a lot of time thinking, if South Carolina finds their way.
1: You spent a lot of time thinking?
0: uh, It's scary when it happens, but it does occasionally. South Carolina, had they won the national championship, my thought was these guys become gods in South Carolina sports lore. However... I'm not sure that hasn't already happened. You know, South Carolina, we'll we'll see what the future holds, but there's no assurance that they're ever going to go back to a Final Four, you know, in the foreseeable future. And if that's the case, then Frank Martin and Sendarius (laughs) Thornwell and Chris Silva and the whole crew, they just sort of become icons in South Carolina lore. Now, you take that, and there's a little unfairness associated with it. Because last night, Dawn Staley and her South Carolina Gamecocks won the national championship for the very same University of South Carolina.
1: For the first time.
0: For the first time. Yep. For the first time. And I don't know what the overnight ratings on on the broadcast were, but I assure you it was a fraction of the number of viewers that the men's semifinals had. So there's an inequity there.
1: It's interesting. Um, go to a bar tonight <clears throat> during the games. Ask everybody who Don Staley is. <clears throat> they're not going to know. Ask them who Frank Martin is, and they're going to have you know they're going to be able to recall at least three or four interviews that he's had recently. He's been all in the news. And going back to South Carolina, you rarely remember South Carolina to South Carolinians. It's big. You rarely remember who was in the Final Four and didn't actually win 20, 30, 40, 50 years later.
0: Wait a minute. Your your Carolina blue is showing through. You you, you don't have perspective here. Because, sure. yes, if you're a Carolina fan, you're spoiled. Right. And anything less than a national championship is nothing. That's
1: not necessarily true. And I was trying to give credit to Frank Martin here. Okay, He's the key element that's going to make this team memorable you know, 50 years down the road. If he's not in it, Thornwell, you're really going to have to go back, you know, through the record books to be able to remember this team. Yeah, they made a run. And you just don't remember those. I guess there's been a few, I don't know, even like Villanova when they're like a low seed, they ended up winning the whole thing. So, yeah, I, I can't recall who lost and made a real deep run when Carolina won it. And I'm very intimately, you know, you know, I have an intimate knowledge of each one of those years, but I can't remember who was in the Final Four that, that lost before the big game.
0: Okay. That said, let's flip the script and let's look at Carolina football. Okay, yeah. Carolina football. Can you tell me when the last time Carolina won an ACC championship is in football?
1: Um, Weren't they co-champions? They were co-champions. Um, a few years ago.
0: And and let me tell you something. I don't know because I don't care. Right. And that's, that's, exa- that's the point that I'm trying to make. South Carolina, you can go down to Columbia or you can go to Greenville or you can go anywhere in South Carolina and they're going to be able to tell you that in 2017 their Gamecocks were in the Final Four. No, no, and that's and not- they'll be able to tell you their grandkids will be able to tell you that. That's the point that I'm trying to make is that they are basketball royalty in the state of South Carolina. And
1: I 100% agree with you. And on the point of football in the state of North Carolina, that's why Bom- Bomani Jones got ran out of the state, basically run out of the state, which turned out to be one of the biggest mistakes that he could have ever done just because he was comparing ACC football to high school football in Texas not even being the same thing, not even being in the same universe. And But anyway, we know how his, his career has turned out since then. But yeah, South Carolinians will remember this forever. I'm talking about cr- across-the-board fans. They're Absolutely. not going to remember.
0: I, I I get it 100%. Obviously, they will
1: remember Frank Martin, though.
0: Well, you'll remember Frank Martin. I'm, I'm not willing to say that Don Staley is going to leave my consciousness. You're talking about Sort of the crowning of Dawn Staley, she's got to be on the Mount Rushmore of women's basketball if there was such a thing. You know, I don't know who the other three people would be. Gino Auriemma, maybe? Um, He's definitely got to be in the conversation. Then you look at a couple of players. But Dawn Staley, when you look at her accomplishments as a player, and now you look at what she's done as a head coach, because this is not a flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. This is a team that's been to the tournament. They were Final Four team a couple of years ago. Dawn Staley went to the finals as as a player three times. USA Basketball, I think she's a two-time gold medalist. Um, Dawn Staley is a first ballot lock as a Hall of Famer. And when you look at accomplishments career-wise versus, you know, we keep saying Frank Martin. This has become the Frank Martin hour, I think. Yeah. But you look at, at her accomplishments there. Frank Martin is, without adding anything else to his resume, he's been a good college basketball coach sure. nationally. Dawn Staley now is a national champ, and you put that with the rest of her resume. and It's, it's a bit of a shame that we still have the inequity um, in women's sports, you know, College basketball, it it continues to appear as if it's going to take hold and and, and you know become a more popular um, sport that's in the American consciousness, but it just hasn't made that move yet.
1: I guess Pat Summit would also be on Mount Rushmore, um, but to your, I guess the point you're trying to make is there it is clearly unfair about how much attention we give to or importance we put on women's sports versus men's. Um, I think basketball is kind of tough because you see in tennis and women's U.S. soccer, which is really popular, they, they tend to get a lot of attention. So it may be about the sport and maybe the quality of product that's on the court. I kind of hate to say that, but you know, I'm a casual fan in tennis, but I can't. I'm a, I can look at the mile per hour on the serves, but I can't really tell a difference between women and men's tennis. I just can't.
0: Well, I I think it's fair to say both you and I. Have- hit a tennis ball around whatever the case might be sure i think that you know until you get to the highest level men's players a woman would beat the brakes off of a you know a club pro absolutely or somebody of that nature so there's there's less uh disparity between the the level of athleticism and the level of skill basketball is a completely different animal um How good is the women's game relative to the men's game?
1: Okay, let me, let me explain it to you like this. When I was in college, UNC Chapel Hill, a good friend of mine, David Dollar, was friends with the women's coach. I, I don't know how he became friends, but she would invite us gym rats uh, from Woolen Gym to come and scrimmage the women's basketball team. Let me tell you, I've never been in a more physical altercation um, and I'm not talking about scratching and clawing. These girls can play, and they're a lot better than me. You know, and I'm you know pushing six one and was a gym rat and loved basketball. The, I, I'm coming at it from the standpoint I would never be able to hold a candle to these athletes, but they're so much further down from the, the men ath- athletes. You know, if you watch it, Isaiah Hicks hit one shot the other night. It was a monster jam. Uh, you're not. That's exciting to me. A layup is not as exciting, and that's what you tend to get with the women's basketball. And I'm trying to be careful about not to offend anybody, but it's it's an inferior product that you're looking
0: at let's just say for the record that was brandon Atkins that said it's an inferior product i'm going to say it's a different product okay and and for anybody that's listening out there between the between the two of us we have seven daughters that's right and and many athletes involved and and all the rest of that i'm not going to say it's an inferior product but at the same time i'm not going to buy into the the whole well it's it's Traditional basketball because it's played below the rim. I don't buy that for a second, because these guys that that play at the highest levels that play above the rim, you know, they can break it down and they play half court and they can pass the ball and do all the rest of those things. So I'm not willing to buy into that. And and yes, I think it's stating the obvious that the high flying, you know, watching the greatest athletes do what they do. Um, the women's game just doesn't bring that thing to the table. Now, that's the other thing too: is women's sports, and in this case, women's college basketball, is a it's a lot of marketing failure going on. You know, they put this game on a Sunday afternoon. I don't think most folks around the country even realized it was on, right? And it just got sort of swallowed up by the men's. Yeah, finals sure you know we're in the weekend. middle of the you know one of the three or four biggest sporting events in the country and you cram the women's tournament into the middle of that move it move it up a week get it out on its own island you know get it up two weeks there's nothing that says that those schedules have to sync with one another the way they do but you're gonna cram that in um, as if it's a you know a youth exhibition game at halftime or or whatever the case might be but give it its own opportunity to shine and they didn't do that you can't find the women's early round games on the dial anywhere right um, if you give it to me in t- on TV and you put it in a package that I can relate to, why not? I'm mean, i going to watch sports some kind of way.
1: You have a great and It does seem that, that why would you try to jam it in the same? This is like one of the most exciting sports weekends going, and you try to jam it in there. It doesn't make any sense. But what I w- wanted to make a quick point. I'd love to watch Serena Williams play tennis. I'd rather watch her play tennis than any other man or a woman play tennis same thing for us soccer women's same thing for ronda rousey i can't really tell a difference in terms of her skill level and product uh you know you take somebody like anderson silva i'm not saying match those two together but what i'm seeing with my eyeballs on the screen is an equal product just not that quite there on the basketball
0: okay going into break i got one question you just said ronda rousey and we were talking about disparity in athletics two out of three falls in a cage match, does Ronda, Ronda Rousey can she beat you?
1: I guess you'll have to find out here in a few minutes.
0: What, what kind of bailout is that, Ronda Rousey? I want to know. Can you take her, or can you not?
1: Absolutely not. I can. I, I had a hard time putting my socks on this morning.
0: We'll be right <laughs> back.
1: You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army Strong.
0: The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting edge research. Jim
1: Falvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now there's
0: not a moment to
1: lose
0: every dollar counts every day counts to find out how you can join us to defeat cancer please visit jimmyv.org my name is bobby i'm a veteran and
1: lost my leg to a roadside bomb my victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion i'm sam i'm a veteran my victory was finding a career that i could be proud
0: of at DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm CeCe. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap All right, Brandon. Now that we've firmly, firmly established that Ronda Rousey could take you in a in a in a uh, match of but any you kind, could boxing, it, boxing, right. wrestling, whatever the case might be, you could take it, it right.
1: You could take it right. I couldn't. I would pay good hard money to watch that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, if you get enough friends together and put uh, out enough coin, I'm going to go Floyd Mayweather on you, man. That's okay. going to cost you a lot of millions of dollars for me. Okay. To go out there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I have no beef with Ronda Rousey. She wants to come sit on the you know, on the show. Maybe we can work it out. We can do, we can do something. Um, I want to talk about the national semifinals, the men's semifinals. Sure. Now this was a we we previewed this game and we talked about defense, 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 defense in this Gonzaga South Carolina matchup. Depending upon who you listen to, South Carolina comes in with a defense ranked anywhere from second to fifth. Gonzaga, best defensive team in the country. So, of course, the two teams come out and put 85 points up in the first half. Right. The over-under on the game was 138. They passed that about halfway through the second half. The game really didn't shape up the way that anybody suspected. Um, talk about what you saw.
1: What I saw and what makes this Zags team different from ones in years past is their their depth. And as soon as Karnowski got smacked in the face on that block, it was a legit block. The contact was not meant on purpose, and he went down like a sack of potatoes. And I, you know, the first thing I thought was, like, if he goes out, that's, this is going to change that game. And it ended up changing the game for sure. But the first thing I thought about, and I was telling you yesterday, I was like, you know, if a shark attacks, you kind of go for the eyes. And I'm like, they just, they <laughs> hit the, or you bot the bear on the nose or the the dog on the nose and they try to, you know, they may, maybe they run away. I'm never trying either of those things, but I was like, oh my gosh, they just slayed the giant. They went the for giant. the
0: eyes. I like it. Yeah, they yeah. just
1: slayed the giant and they're in trouble now. And then Zach Collins happened.
0: You said, if you're being attacked by a great white, go for the eyes. That's right. Well, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good if there's a, a tiger shark right. You know, lurking in the waters waiting to get in there. Zach Collins came in and transformed the game. And South Carolina obviously was not prepared for him to get significant minutes like that. They had no answer. And you're talking about a, a freshman that comes in for Gonzaga, which is we, we talked about a couple weeks over the last couple of weeks that Zach Collins kind of indicates where Gonzaga's at. This is a possible one and done type kid. you know, they do a lot of transfers and they grow their own there and they get the most out of them. But Zach Collins is a legit, you know top 10 recruit in the country comes in. I think the best pro prospect on the floor, in the final game that's coming up, right. when you're looking at the UNC roster in Gonzaga, Zach Collins came in and played like a beast.
1: You said that yesterday, and I have to kind of agree after watching him. I was mesmerized. I was I was doing some work on the side because uh, you know, I'm, I'm multitask like that. But as soon as Zach came into the game and started balling like him, I started looking up his stats. He's seven foot tall. You know, Karnowski gets a lot of run for being seven foot one in his footwork and you know, absolutely deserves all the accolades that he gets. But Zach Collins is for real, can go right, left, seven foot, good with the feet, uh, absolutely going to be impossible for most teams to stop. And how Mark Fuse kept him a secret this long for, the, I guess, the national, your casual fan is beyond me because God can ball.
0: Well, you, you look at him and you look at his numbers, and at face value, Okay, I mean, he's a lot of hype. We've heard the kid's name over and over and over again for a lot of different reasons. You look at his line; averages about ten point six boards a game throughout the season. Yeah. But when you peel that back, even before you get to watching the, what the guy can do on the floor, he only played seventeen minutes a game. Right? I mean, if you if you project that out over the course of the season, him playing thirty five minutes now, you're looking at a, a twenty and twelve guy as a freshman. Yeah and the killer stat this guy shoots 65% from the floor and i mean that's as efficient as it gets i don't know of anybody else in the country that's playing that that many minutes and i didn't pull you know um shooting percentage but 65% as yeah, a freshman that's pretty incredible and he'll get you down in the post he can play face in the basket as well and he'll he'll drop a 3 on you too well, That guy what... is he's a nightmare and
1: that's what happened. I thought they were in trouble, again, when Karnowski went out. But what happened is that you literally moved a mountain out of the zone and gave Collins room to operate. And he did. And the thing that really surprised me, literally, he could go as quickly as he did as a seven-footer left to right. And that, to me, was the key because South Carolina did not respond to that. They They thought... Let's follow the game plan as usual. And then Zach Collins got loose, and they, they kind of went into, I won't say panic mode, but they just didn't really know how to respond to that lineup. It totally changed the dynamic of that. And on the South Carolina side, which I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts, Thornwell just looked gassed. Like mentally, I thought some Oregon players, which we'll touch base on, kind of had the same look them, But Thornwell looked like he had carried a team which is kind of what he did. And he looked a little gassed, and the team just seemed to have already given everything that they had on this run. And they just – there were a few buckets shy, But I think, because of how worn out they were.
0: Well, you know, it was was still down to the very last possession. Right. And, you know, you couldn't ask for a more exciting semifinal. And, you know, when you looked at it on paper, this was the one game that had the propensity to be a blowout. And then South Carolina was able to hang around. There was a lot of talk about Thornwell and having had flu-like symptoms all week. You know, I was wondering if he was playing possum a little bit. But as the game unfolded, he really just wasn't a part of the offense for most of the ball game. Right. Now, South Carolina was able to rally because a, a couple of different junctures, they looked like they were dead in the water. They were able to rally. And down the stretch is where Thornwell not being at 100% got him. Because the you know you were a back and forth ball game there down the last four or five minutes, and what the what the South Carolina offense became was panicked they They were accustomed to getting the ball to Thornwell and letting him create, whether that be with his own shot, whether that be going to the goal and and popping it out. he wasn't able to do that, and it was obvious that he wasn't going to be able to do that. And they really didn't have any other idea. And Fletcher and Dozier, you know, tried to take on that mantle, but it just wasn't the same thing and it wasn't enough. But, you know, it is what it is. And in the end, I th- I do think it's fair to say that the better team won this game.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Now, in the national media, the guy that has been, you know, the soup du jour as far as head coaches has been Frank Martin. Sure. And this will probably be the last time that we talk about this guy for a very long time. I hope not. But the – the mantra has changed now. You know, he was well, he's a fiery guy. He gets the most out of his players. Um, you know, he's so passionate. And I think that shined through in the post game comments, but now the narrative's changed a little bit. Well, he's hard on these guys. Right. Well, really? <laughs> of yeah. course he is.
1: Yeah. I I was listening to uh, another radio show on the way over here, and it's amazing that that's the worst thing. You know, Frank Martin has had so much shine on him, and he's so new to so many folks, and he gives these interviews that are just absolutely amazing. It was only a matter of time before the media tried to find, you know, a chink in the armor, so to speak. And, you know, they're looking at how he talks to his kids. I mean, all his kids love him. Ask Meeks what he thinks about Roy Williams. Who's ridden him as hard as any player that Roy has ever ridden? Maybe Bryce Johnson, but you know, my feeling as I was listening to this, I was like, "How soft have we become?" You when I was playing sports, you didn't want to be the kid not being yelled at because that meant they
0: had no. Yeah, they'd given up on you.
1: They're like, or just like, "Hey, have a good time and you know, enjoy sports for what it is." Kind of how Roy Williams handles Nate Britt. Um just get out there and have a good time I remember where if my coach wasn't yelling at me I knew I was in trouble
0: well it this isn't this isn't new I mean we can look back the obvious example is Bobby Knight and I can remember for years and years and years Bobby Knight before he kind of lost his mind and just went over the <laughs> top and started grabbing by his, by the throat the the old refrain was from old basketball fans well I'd send my son to play for him sure now I, I do have to tell you that there was a moment in the Oregon UNC game. Where I watched Dana Altman take one of his players around the shoulder in the middle of the game, corrected him, they shared a laugh, he kind of swatted him on the rear end, sent him onto to the bench and I thought in that moment, that's why Dana Altman is a great recruiter. That's right. why Dana Altman's program is on the come because that you know in a moment like that, with all the emotions going in, that's not a contrived action right, and to see. The, the genuine uh, you know congeniality between he and his players and that's the type of guy he is and that's one way that you can do it but any you know anybody that's been in a leadership position will tell you you have to be true to yourself sure so we saw who Dane Altman is we've also seen who Frank Martin is and and I'll tell you that you know you went straight to college I decided I was going to put college off and I went into the army mm-hmm. I, on my 19th birthday I arrived in the middle east as a part of the effort to fight Desert Storm.
1: Thank you for your service.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I am not. I appreciate that. I love you for that. My point is, is that over the course of the next six months or any of the subsequent combat tours I did as a very young man, as a 19-year-old, I don't ever once remember thinking, God, I hope none of my boys are getting yelled at by a basketball coach back <laughs> home right now. I don't remember that happening. We... I saw a Frank Martin quote that, that has resonated with me and has like changed my whole perspective on parenting. He said, Kids haven't changed. Our expectations for them have changed. Mm-hmm. Every kid in America has not got the medal to go play for Frank Martin. Sure. The question for South Carolina and for all of the programs that are run by more, can we call them disciplinarian type coaches? It has to be the right kid. It has to be the right fit. Sure. You know, some kids look at Dana Altman and they're like, that's what I want. You know, but don't be confused. When they're in the gym, when nobody's watching. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that Dana Altman can get loose.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I just wish that kid, I saw that moment with Dana Altman in the player, too. And I thought, and the, the way the kid handled it. And grin back to him was just priceless. I thought that was well done by Dana. I kind of wondered if the kid went back to him and put his arm around Dana and said, why did you take take us out of that (laughs) extended zone that was working on UNC? But I have comments about that later. But, yeah, you need to know that. I'm sure Frank Martin doesn't come into your living room and give you a bunch of candy and a hug and a pat on the back. I know that's not his recruiting pitch. So you know what you're getting into when you get into that situation. A lot of us a lot of us respond, or I responded well to that sort of, you know, that type of coaching.
0: All right, we'll be right back, and you can tell us a little bit more. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkin. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show.
1: When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life.
0: If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com.